What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This Haberman of Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. Promo code HAM. And MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM and the number one. HAM1. And it's brought to you by BoxOfAwesome.com and the promo code HAM. BoxOfAwesome.com, promo code HAM. And we're not done, guy. No. LegacyBox.com slash HAM. LegacyBox.com slash HAM. Now to the segment. UCLA-Cincinnati, that was the game. It was the first game, so everybody's watching that game. It was the game we were talking about a little bit earlier, the Thursday night um, ESPN broadcast team. And uh, that they were... Three and a half point underdogs, and it actually went to uh, two and a half. So people were betting on Chip in UCLA. Uh, I took Cincinnati that game. They won the game last year on the road and won 11 games. But um, they're pretty good. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen UCLA win just because, you know, Pac 12 stuff. Um, what'd, you, what'd you think? I mean, I like you said to me, that should have been a, a scoop and score at the end of the game for UCLA. But your point, we were texting about it, and you're like, it's not, but the UCLA didn't really deserve to win that game, and you're right. Well, I, I saw Orlowski tweet, like, you guys can freak out all you want about this, you know, fumble that they might may or may not have screwed up. I always hate when the guy's getting his knee snapped and just out of pain, you know, the running back when he's on a pile, and just everything, let, you know, just like any human would do. If you were carrying groceries and like a, and like a rattlesnake built your, bit your foot, you would just drop everything. It's no different in a football. He just thinks his leg's getting snapped, and it's just a human reaction. So I, I never blame that. Like, the coach is like, ball security! It's like, yeah, my leg broke! And, but then it turns out he's 100% fine because he came into the game like three plays later. If you are going to do that and you think you were going to get really injured, you have to kind of pimp the injury. Like, oh, oh, coach, I can walk it out. You don't need to carry me. I think I can get to the side. And then you realize, like, God, I think I'm fine. <laughs> That's what the kid kind of did. So he did like a fake walk to the locker room. It, it was genius. I, I, I <laughs> then they're like, "Oh, oh, they overturned it. Cool, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're good, coach. I, I'm I'm ready to go back in. I shook it off. I'm tough. Toughness at a hundred, uh, guy. It's just there is no disputing that 
this guy is a little bit like uh, Barry Zito toward the end of the Giants, and there's going to be no Super Bowl run. He, he's throwing about maybe 80 miles an hour. He's getting shelled. Chip Kelly is one of the all-time fall from graces. I don't think it's hyperbole. I think in our lifetime we've ever seen because in this day and age, we still live in the moment. Like, LeBron's getting shit on, but I still remember. He's one of the fucking best players I've ever seen in his peak. I got news for it. He's better than Steph. He's better than Durant. I know what I witnessed. I don't care how shitty it gets in L.A. It was unreal. You know, what Chip was doing at Oregon. I I went in to that school as last year. The hype on this guy was beyond a rock star. I mean, he was taking college football by storm. The irony was he had, you know, people like Alabama would be like, well, what the fuck did he actually win? And he never, like, Saban's a double whammy. Like, he took college football by storm by winning, like, seven natties. Like, Chip didn't win a natty. Yeah, but, but you, you know, we've talked about this before. The standard, you're talking about the greatest coach of all time now. You see who you're comparing. Well, I, but that's Probably. how, but I think people, that's like, that's why Alabama would be like, can we pump the brakes a little bit? Because that's who Chip was like. Chip for Saban, you know, and that's where he was. And I'm telling you, if you watched it, which most people probably listen to this pod, you know, consumed a decent amount of those Oregon games, it was incredible. And it wasn't like, God, you know, he's just doing this crazy passing game. His drives would be like three plays of running like fly sweeps, and he'd score a touchdown. And it's like they couldn't run out the clock because they would just score. It was crazy. And then he goes to Philly, and even his first couple years in Philly, he was like, God, this guy's on to something. And then that third year to where we're at now, I, I, as I tweeted last night, it's been a lucrative proposition betting against Chip. His last year in Philly, his year with the 49ers, and then his two, you know, year in a game at UCLA. He's right now, guy. He's not a good football coach. He is nowhere near like what he's what he was and what he's considered now in the football world is dramatic. And, and the the all time fork-in-the-road moment where Roseman gets kicked to the other side of the building, Chip gets full power to where we're at three and a half years later where I, I just, I read some tweets of just like people taking shots, combining the two of them, of just the comments from Eagles fans like, how he's a made man in this town! And it was just, how he can eat for free in my restaurant! And of course he does. He won a Super Bowl as the GM and most people right now in Philly are like, we got the best fucking goddamn team in the league. You try to mess with the birds. You see this? You see our roster? What are we thinking? Fifteen and one. Wentz MVP. And they're feeling themselves, and rightfully so. They're they're pretty stacked, guys. You, you, just, you sound like uh, what, Sco- what Scooter Magruder? <laughs> yeah. But you, like right now, on paper, the Eagles are one of the heavy favorites to be one of the best teams in the league because their roster is stacked. How he's in the peak of his powers, just humming right now, and Chip is kind of getting made fun of. And to me, it's a double whammy. Because I, I think a lot of people that don't just, we don't cover college football. Maybe you live in L.A., but I, Coward had a good take last night. He's like, there is a shift in L.A. just based on, there are two NFL teams here. So there was a period of 25 years where USC's always been a big deal and they will be a big deal. But when they're not good and you got the Rams and Chargers, two playoff teams, we talk about this a lot with Bay Area sports. There is a fight for attention. So UCLA sucks. Like the Rose Bowl could be half empty by early October. And it's not like they're ever considered like Georgia in the town, but they are. UCLA is a big deal in that town, or they were until these NFL teams got there. And guy, he doesn't like to recruit. And he's been open with that even at Oregon. But at Oregon, they were, I mean, they literally were brown bagging Will Lyles. They got nailed for that. He got a show cause penalty. But they 
even by the time he got there, Bilotti had this this kind of just uh, how would I say it? Like a conveyor pipeline? belt, yeah, pipeline of just they were getting dudes. They would go to Northern California and they would go to Southern California and they would get NFL players, NFL players at, at, at defense, offense, line, quarterback, you name it. Chip doesn't like to recruit, and UCLA. I don't think just recruits itself. Like, more spent a lot of effort. When you hear about some of the stories, like, how did he get Kenny Clark? Well, he went to fucking prison and talked to his dad. Like, Jim Mora, for as bad of an X's and O's coach was, you can't dispute his effort with recruiting, right? He went well, to... Well, John, it's part of the reason he got fired is because his recruiting classes were always really good, and then they wouldn't win a bunch of games. Wasn't Miles Jack from Georgia? Didn't he... Go, go look at UCLA's recruiting classes under Mora. They were really good. Yeah. So part of, you know, you're always, whenever you fire a guy in the NFL, you always want the opposite of the culture. Where in, in, in football, you're either probably doing one of the two. Like, you know, he's a pretty good coach, but he can't recruit. You know, he's a pretty good recruiter, but he can't coach. Usually one of those two. Well, they, they thought that Moore clearly could recruit, but they needed a better coach. Well, then they get Chip, and you're watching him last night, and you go, here's his other downfall guy. His staff hiring in the NFL was laughable. Absolutely laughable. And then you go, well, God, did he have a pretty good staff at Oregon? Yeah, he inherited and kept, I'm pretty sure, like 90% of the crew. From Aliotti to Greatwood. I forget the running back coach's name that dressed really sweet. But all those guys were Bilotti's. No, you're thinking, you're thinking of Don Pelham who was. No, I, I'm thinking of the running back oh. coach. But Don Pelham's another guy that he inherited. I'm thinking of the running, back, the running coach back coach that also wore sweet suits. Who was this older black guy, super nice guy. Who had been oh. there forever under Bilotti. Had recruit, you know, had coached Ant- was it Antoine Smith? Uh a, not Akili Smith. Who was the who was the Wizenator from SAC? They're running back. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh something Smith. Was he from SAC or is he from the Central Valley? Pretty, he was from SAC. I, yeah, he's from Grand High School. Yeah, that's right. Um But that, my, oh, my, my my point is like he they were already getting all these sweet guy guy, he his staff is bad. Jerry Asanero, who is a good defensive line coach, is his defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I don't know one person that I take credible on their opinion that goes, you know what, that guy probably could be a de- good defensive coordinator. Now, that gets said about guys that end up failing, but he's got Ontario no shot. Ontario Smith. So, I, Ontario. I, who? Ontario Smith. Ontario Smith. <laughs> yeah. Who was ba- a baller. I mean, who was yeah. a baller. But I, I just don't see, like it's pretty clear where this thing's going that he had this moment when Chris Harris, because when he did get the one thing you'd say about Bilotti, it's like, yeah, push the envelope on the players. Like, that was one of the things they did for years. They were like the much better version of Fresno State. Like, they were taking some bounce backs, and they were just, they were getting some guys that had no business being in a Pac 12 school, but they were kicking the shit out of people on the football field. Well, Chip kind of took that to another level, but then by the end, he hated it. Because the Chris Harris, when he got pulled over and the cop goes, Where's the weed? He goes, I smoked it all. And just, it was all that type of shit was driving him nuts. So by the time he got to the NFL, he despised all those type players. So now he's at UCLA, just recruiting a bunch of high character, low, higher floor guys. The guy's getting his ass kicked. Like, you just watch and you go, The talent on UCLA and the talent on Cincinnati, I don't think it's that close. Like, how long is this going to last? Like, I had the thought last night, if he goes three and. What would it be? Three and three and nine this year? Like, could he be like a two and done? Is he a lock to it, get time? You know, there? it's funny because uh, uh, on Instagram I got a DM from uh, Kyle Burka. You remember Kyle? We met him out at the uh, U.S. Open. Oh yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, yeah, Pebble. 
Yeah, Pebble. And uh, he's he just said, like, here's an idea for, for your next pod. Which L.A. coach gets fired first, Clay or Chip? And my response was, the one that's at greater risk is Clay by a mile, just because that one's been building. Whereas Chip, to me, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to see UCLA pay him to go away. Like, it's just... But I don't know if they're paying they're him that stopping. much money. They're paying him $3 million. Over $3 million. Um, but you just, you're making me think. Now, I do think there's a difference between Chip Kelly, national championship contender, football superhero, and three and nine. Like, is there a middle ground where he can be, can they just get find a way to win seven games and just show a little progress? Well, I think they'd be thrilled with seven and five at this current moment, right? Yeah, well, of course, after one loss. But I'm just saying, like... But I just mean even coming be... into the season. Like, they weren't thinking ten wins. They were just thinking a no, bowl game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, because to me at UCLA with him, if they can find a way to get to a bowl this year, then I don't even think it's that much of a discussion because their schedule is not easy. And I think by the end of last year, I felt like they got – I thought they were playing pretty good football at the end of the year last year. Um, so my point is I don't watch them and think, like, this guy can't coach football. But like you said, I mean, you, you don't – at some point you go, okay, well, eight wins – in Power 5 football, consistent 7-8 wins when we're spending money get you fired. Well, guy, think about this. At now, not immediate. I mean, that takes a while. But 7-8 wins, like ASU fires a coach who, like they, they did. The ASU fired a coach who was winning seven games, eight games. Yeah, it's just, it's just the nature of the beast that we that we live in and deal with now. I also think when Wa- – but, but just but my final point on that, John, is just like, I think there's a chance he's that guy. I don't think he's just like can't find his own ass three wins every year guy. I, th- I think he can coach offense. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because last night he was shifting and motioning, and it was like, okay, Chip's kind of got his. But, but here's the other thing that he doesn't like recruiting. Back to the staff. You are in football somewhat dependent on your coaching staff. So if you're the offensive, if you're a head coach and you're the coordinator, like you, you kind of need a good defensive coordinator. Well, you go, what did he have at Oregon? I don't know this guy, Aliotti, who had coached the program for like. 40 years like that's he didn't hire that guy well who did he hire when he got to philly billy davis who hasn't sniffed a coordinator job since what did he do in the niners oh he hired uh jim o'neill like a guy his coaches have been laughable and then oh who did he hire when he went to ucla his best friend that's a d-line coach like you can't argue that that's somewhat of a red flag i'll say this about clay helton he tries to hire like pretty high level people now, right. It doesn't always work, I mean, but like. But you would say Clancy Pendergast is a guy that's a defensive coordinator. Guy, he was a defensive coordinator for a team that was in a Super Bowl in 08 with the Arizona right. Cardinals. I mean, then he tries to hire. Then he then he fires his coordinator offensive midseason, makes himself the coordinator. Then goes out and hires Cliff, loses Cliff, and goes hires Graham. I I I have way more respect for Clay Helton as a coach. Uh, now his ceiling will never be what Chip had at Oregon, and he'll probably be fired after this year. But just the things I've heard about him, like, he's a legitimate human being. Like, I, I don't even think Chip's a good guy. And people were tweeting at me, like, you're just bitter. Like, no, I don't care. I, if I if I thought he was some dynamic guy and he just didn't like me, whatever, I, I'd say that. I, I think he's the ultimate fraud. And a guy, I think that I had a buddy. I mean, the, the Eagles people, not Howie, but ooh, I'm sure Howie secretly gets some joy out of this. I, he would never say that publicly or definitely to me. Since 2015, I think Darren Ravel tweeted this morning, Chip Kelly's teams, Eagles, 49ers, and UCLA, have gone 11-33. and 
At the end of the day, guy, for all the fluff and you know bad teams or whatever, he's eleven and thirty-three. Like that's a stretch that I think if you're a good coach, you probably get six or seven more wins out of it. I mean, over that time, he's been paid more than thirty million dollars. Wow. ESPN paid some of that as commentator role between jobs. UCLA has paid. Thank o- you, Ravel. <laughs> UCLA has paid over five million dollars. He is now three and ten as their head coach, and I, I just think, guy, when you, when Aikman and Wasserman, I think they thought they'd get a guy. Maybe he'd never be what he was at Oregon, but he'd sure as hell have maybe one year where he won like ten or eleven games, and it, they'd be on the right path. I, I, I guy, is there a chance they start zero and four? They, San Diego State at the Rose Bowl to me is a must win, and that'll be fascinating how many people actually show up. But then they got two games back to back where they go against Oklahoma. <laughs> that's a loss, and at Washington State, that's probably a loss. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, of course there is. But we were at a point last year where we thought they might not win a football game, and this is this is where I always go back to like let's watch the games. Like if they're zero and four with losses at Cincinnati against Oklahoma and at Washington State, the San or like let's say one and three because you got to. I'm with you. You got to win the San Diego State game. Um. But I, I don't like that's where I think using his record from last year at UCLA, I don't love it. Even though it was what it was, I felt like I watched him at the end of the year and they were better than three and nine. Now again, what am I really saying here? A bunch of three and nines, like you can only do that for so long. You only get one of those really. Back to back three and nines is terrible. Um, well, I, I mean, you talk. I'm to just th- saying though, like like this get like this get like at Cincinnati, Oklahoma, and at Washington State, three of your first four games is is really tough. You talk to a lot of people that know a lot about. This conference, the coaches, the players. Do you think he's still held in the high, same regard that he was? No, of course he's not held in the same regard. Do you think people but even the, talk about him at all anymore? Well, but I'm just saying the same regard is like, is there a level where you're not held in the same regard as one of the best coaches in college football and you still can win football games? That you I, I guess when I say same regard, do you think people still view him as a good coach? Um, yeah, I don't think people view, I mean, but when you like, are you getting Chip Kelly? I don't think people think that, but I do think there are definitely people that still think he's a good football coach. Let's say he goes, misses a bowl game this year. Yeah. And then somehow misses a bowl game next year. Like, is he a three, would he last three years there? Would that be the, cause to me, I think he's definitely going three years. Yeah. To me, but he's getting the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Cause they're not going to try sure. to flip it over. And like, to me, like if he, if he can win, not if he can win, but if they win five games this year after three last year. And it looks better. Let's go worst case scenario. He went one and eleven this year. Would he get fired? I there's a chance. Now again, a part of that there's just like the political dynamic that I don't quite you know like that's a whole other element. But I think that conversation does start like during the season. Yeah, because which I didn't think there'd be a chance. Like he's that got some winnable games. Oregon State, Arizona. But I don't think they're going to go. I mean, no. But you just when you start looking at their schedule, like at Stanford, Arizona State's going to be good. Tough man. Colorado. I mean, even if they suck, that'll just be tough. Where's that game? It's at the Rose Bowl. At Utah. I know. At Their schedule's really hard. Cal's just feisty. It's just, it's easy to see them they, going they 4 beat, and 8. Well, and they beat Cal's ass last year, so Cal's going to be ready for that game. But they beat, they blew Cal out last they, year. And then they kicked the, kind of the shit out of USC. Now, Helton yeah. could be gone so, by then, but still. But again, like, I, that's what I'm saying is, like, there's enough stuff. I don't watch him and think, like, this is malpractice as a foot, like, you're stealing. You know what I mean? I still think there's a chance he's good. No, but, so to, that's why but I when I tell you. That he doesn't take recruiting seriously at all. Like it, it to me, it's less about 
Like, last night, I actually thought, like, if it wasn't for the quarterback completely fucking up multiple times, like, I thought that was a decent game for Chip Kelly. Like, he clearly can still coach offense. I don't trust his defensive coordinator. And when I know that he doesn't try in recruiting, I, I just, I don't see how this ever kind of turns the corner to where I think they were hoping it would go. Which is kind of scary if you've hired him. Like, to me, once the word gets out, you don't try at recruiting. Now, in fairness, you knew that when you hired him. That's one of the things he, like, hung his hat on. Like, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I, I just don't see Nick, Urban, Dabo, Kirby, Shaw. I mean, even Coach Pete, who doesn't love it, I mean, realizes he needs it. Talk like that. It's pretty wild, guy. Say what you want about Helton, who, again, back coach... He takes recruiting really seriously. He tries. Yeah, is, is he a bad like is he a bad coach? I don't that that might again like is he a bad coach at USC or like I don't think he's a bad coach. Who Helton? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But I, I respect like I, I I'm sorry I've lost respect for Chip Kelly when I he's just not going to recruit. You're just not going to recruit, bro. You work in college football, so just quit. Like you, that that to me where you get where you're kind of stealing. Like you can't just be I hate recruiting guy in 2019. You know, it just... Well, I mean, whatever. I just, like, ultimately, he's going to have players on the field. Let's just, does he win football games or not? That's all that matters. So if he wins football games with his guys, like, he's making... Whoever he recruits, he's making his bed with them. So does he win Does he win football games or not? And the, the other thing would be, like, this guy, DTR. Like, he's got to sign players, so... Yeah, DTR, this quarterback, was yeah. a pretty big recruit from Bishop Gorman. So he, he was Tate Martell's backup. He won games... His junior year. Like... Why, why does that guy look so terrible under Chip's watch? No chance he's just a bad player, but... Yeah, I don't... I mean, uh, I don't know if he's... A, I just don't know if he's a good quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like... Chip ain't... Is he going to recruit much better than that? Like, that's about as good of a player as he's going to be yeah, able to Yeah, I don't recruit. know. I mean, they got the... They, they got... um, They tried to get the guy eligible who transferred from Washington, who lost the quarter... Or didn't lose. He was... Colson Yankoff, who they'd been recruiting to Oregon. What's his name? Uh, Colson Yankoff. Is Yankoff a runner? Uh, he, he is. He's mobile. <laughs> yeah, but he's not like uh, like DTR can. I've never really seen DTR's him. a runner. Huh? To me, watching the Utah yeah. guy last night, like Chip needs to get a guy like that. Now a little more accurate, but that's the type of guy he wants. Yeah, I like the Utah guy. I, I like Tyler Huntley. Uh, I just don't know if he can pass at like the level that you need to if you're really going to be like a, a national, conference champion. Yeah, he did hit some wide open balls. Balls were dropped. It wasn't all his. Yeah, ball. he did have the one drop. He had a bit bad drop. How about they e- run the shit out of the ball? Oh, and e- e- Enos's kid made a sweet catch on the sideline. Solomon Enos. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like what Utah's working with. Their defense is legit. God. They're good. I mean, Zach Maul. I'm glad you're all in on Zach Maul. I mean, the guy would have been... He tore his ACL or he was going to enter the draft last year. But he's just a fucking animal. Well, if they go 11-1 and or even run the table... is it Was that Utah's toughest pre, uh, non-conference game? Like, do they play some, like, Iowa or uh, something? They play... I think they play Northern Illinois. Yeah, I think that was their toughest Okay, so... Is it crazy to say that I... When you used to look around the conference, now maybe Eason or Costello, but... Zach Moss is easily a top three or four player of the year candidate. And I, I left that game. Zach Moss, yeah. If they, if they, well, they're going to win the South in all likelihood. Although I saw Herbie picked ASU to win the South. Um, but they should win the South by a couple games, I think. So if he rushes for 16, 1,700 yards and runs for 15 touchdowns, it's their best player. He's Yeah, I mean, to me, it's him, it's Herbert, 
Herbert, uh, yeah. If if Washington wins, it's Eason. If or you know Stanford Costello, Savon Ahmed, Stanford Costello. So, but yeah, he's if ASU, he's if ASU be, were to win, Benjamin's a baller. But if I, ASU wins the South, like just watching win. those two guys last night, and, and this is where the argument is against the first round running back because that guy has an ACL tear, though he looks. I mean, guy, he tore his ACL like midseason last year, and he looks fucking fine. It looks amazing. Pretty nuts. He doesn't just look fine. There was fine. a couple he plays like where he got, kind of got like some, like someone bent his leg, and he kind of bounced out of it. I was like, damn. Yeah, this guy's a monster. That You just watch him and, and Benjamin. Those guys aren't going to be first-round running backs, but they're probably going in the top 80 picks. Would it shock you if either one of them is starting week one in 2020? Like, that's, that's the great part about the draft. With running backs, is you don't take a guy in the first round because I just get Benjamin in the third and he'll be my starting back. Or Zach Moss. Yeah, like to me, Zach Moss, he's not going to be fast enough probably to be like a top of the second round guy, but he's probably, he's a third round pick and he's a really good one. Yeah, like uh, he's he's a better player than Royce Freeman was in college. And Royce was a fourth rounder. Royce was pretty good. I, this guy's better. He's just more, yeah. more elusive. Yeah, I think he is dynamic. too. I'm just, I'm just saying like Royce, Royce had an injury Listen too. Listen to me, I watched, I watched one game. But but no, I think I it mean, shows Zach, like but Zach Royce Moss, can't beat out Philip Lindsay. I mean, it's but yeah, Philip's pretty good. But he was but not yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, I love Zach Moss, but because he just he runs like it's 1993. You know who Benjamin to me reminds me a little bit of is the Atlanta Falcons running back Devontae Freeman. A little smaller, but super bouncy. Yeah, and really going to be good in the passing game. Can just make shit happen in right. the open field. Uh, those, those just the thing is, both guys. those guys, John. Like you're watching, I'm watching both both those teams yesterday. Like both these guys are going to have. Like, can we not have like 370 carries on Eno Benjamin by the end of this year? But Herm's just going to feed him, man. Yeah, he's got a little Pat Hill on. Just we're going to run. He might it touch him like 400 times. <laughs> but I, you know, in fairness to Herm, and I think no, Whittingham, it's fine. They they who do they like the most? They they envy Shaw. Like they want to play like that. Let's just get in a brawl. We we get a football erection winning a game seventeen to ten where we hold you to two hundred yards. Well, John, go look at what Utah's done against Stanford recent years. Like they play well against Stanford. One well, and Herm has said over and over, we want to be like Stanford. We want to be like Stanford. Big guys. Talking to a dude at Niner Camp who works for the Cardinals who was doing an internship. He's like, we just we have these requirements on players recruiting wise that are just pretty strict. Well, this is, we're not this we're not we're not signing Haberman to play middle linebacker even if you're a baller. You said at where Stanford at ASU. Oh, at ASU, yeah. Um, Which is smart if you can if you if you can coach them. Because because hmm. I'd say the one thing about Utah is watching their program, and it's one of the all time great transitions. Because I, I texted you last night. I, I'll never forget when they made the transition. Because remember, at one point in time, it was going to be, and this would have been pretty sweet looking back. The Pac-12 was going to add Oklahoma and Texas. We've right. been on top, baby. Think how sweet that would be. Like, who's Haberman calling this weekend? Oh, I just Oklahoma Stanford. <laughs> you know, it, that that was a that was a sweet pipe dream. But then they had to settle for Utah and Colorado. Well, at the time it was like you know Utah, who'd been one of the best programs in the Mountain West. It was going to be a tough transition. A lot of people had like, been to the Sugar Bowl. I mean, had been to the Fiesta. Yeah, this is going to be really, really difficult. And the Sugar? Did they go to both? Or they went to the which? Uh, they had been to both. Yeah, because they played Boise yeah. in one. It was just like, could they do so it? So I guess, yeah. And they haven't just done it, guy. They've been. Where would the Pac-12 be without them? Like the last five years. Now they they said on the broadcast last night. 
Or did they play TCU? Was it TCU? It was, T- it was TCU, yesterday? yeah. And then they played Alabama way both back the, when the, Both those teams got hosed. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah. They had so, to play each other. And then they beat the shit out of them both. They definitely killed Alabama. I don't know what the TCU score was. But Whittingham must have been telling the broadcasters, like, yeah, it's been a little easier to recruit now. <laughs> you know? We're in the, yeah. the yeah. past. He's been saying that for a couple years. They were just getting a higher so caliber player. Yeah, it took a little while, but it's been a game. It's a major game. But but I think with it took a few years with him. When you come from a smaller conference and you've had a bunch of success, you're not, and then you transition have success. I respect this about him, and Coach Hill was the same way, and Andy's the same way. They're open minded with size. Like he's not to me, he's not never been a stickler for size. I'm not saying he doesn't like it, but they have like six two defensive linemen that kick ass. He doesn't need the guy to be six four. Now he'll take no, but he wants his corners long. But he always has. He he was getting tall corners back when he was in the Mountain West. I'm more talking yeah. about their front seven guys. They've had a lot of guys over the years since he's even been in the Pac-12 that you go, God, they got a draftable defensive lineman. But he drops to like the fourth or the fifth because he's short. But he kicked the shit out of people in college because they're just toughness in the program, which I, I that's what I respect about him. Yeah, I, the other thing he's done really well is he's moved to a higher level of recruit, but he still is able to work transfers into the program pretty well. Like JC guys, now like they've got like a BYU. The guy who had a pick six is a, was a BYU transfer. Grad transfer, right? Uh, no, uh, no, I don't think so. He was he had to sit out a year. He like left BYU because they're going to make him sit out a year for a honor code violation. What did he do? Uh, so oh, he's because this blow is his job. second year. It's his second year at Utah. He played last year. <laughs> Most places you get kicked out for like cocaine or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't think. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, we just we, we played seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't. It was something. Yeah. Not married, so, you know. God. <laughs> Sorry, I got uh, needs. So he's made. They've maintained it really well. But anyway. well, do you know what's the one other part that jumped out to me? And God, I, I love the SEC. BYU's running back, that number five dude with dreads. It's like, oh, where's he from? Well, he started at he started at South, North Carolina. Then he transferred to South Carolina, and now he's here. You're like, Jesus, that guy jumped out. He's like the third or fourth best player on the field. You're like, God damn! I know all the scouts are like, we got to keep an eye on this guy. <laughs> That's an NFL player. So my overall takeaway, though, guys, yeah, I, I think Chip Kelly is in some trouble because it's you are a little bit, you know, your career in a place. Especially in college, when you start slow, there just can be negative momentum. And I think he's got a lot of negative momentum. kind of, And, and a lot's carried him from the league. And I, now I think a lot of people, like not just me, but I, I think when you start seeing the Dan Wetzels and the Pete Thamels, like, God, this well, is... Well, people not- are enjoying it. Yeah. But I don't even mean enjoying it. I'm just saying, like, I did never expected to see this. Kevin Clark of The Ringer had a great tweet last night. He's like, if you would have told me... Year one of Chip Kelly in Philadelphia, that five years later, he would be playing Cincinnati on a Thursday night in college and just be getting manhandled. I would have had some follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> and it, to me, that sums it up perfectly of just I, this like this avalanche from the top of the hill to where he's he's much closer to the bottom right now, right than even the middle of the summit. Right. Which is nuts when you give I we see a lot of fall from graces with players, because usually it's injury or age. You don't often see it with a coach of that magnitude, right? Like Urban just stays good, Belichick stays good. Like Andy has a bad year, Tomlin has a bad year, they bounce back. Chris Peterson had the one bad year at Boise. It was just a blemish on his resume. Chip, 
I, I just don't see how Chip kind of stops the bleeding right now, guy. It feels like a boat, you know, with a lot of holes. He's trying to patch it up, and he, you know, he just there's just a lot of. Uh... Well, but like I said, to me, if they win six games this year, that stops. That just, you know, I, I would it, agree. It, but you just kind of peek at our schedule, you'd be like, it's no it's pretty ske- impressive schedule, to get six guys, even five, even five. I know. So now, it's, I know. So now, six, but, but, but he's got to win like, six of the next eleven. So, I mean, I don't disagree with most of what you're saying, but at the same time, it's like, so we just ignore that the schedule's... I'm not... Again, I'm not... I don't want to sound like I'm saying, like, 3-9 and nine's okay. I'm not. But we also can't ignore the schedule is what the schedule but is. But again, like, that's part of hiring Chip. Like, he should be the favorite. He's lost to Cincinnati two years in a row. For sure. No, I know. Year one and year two. Again, I'm not arguing against it, but I am saying, like, I do feel like the avalanche was just waiting to happen... And he is going to be the coach here in all likelihood for at least two more years. Well, so let's see what it looks like. Well, I think part of the avalanche was educated people like me would have said, UCLA, what are you doing making this hire? Because I think that's kind of fair. Like, this is it, we sure this is the right hire? It Because to me, it wasn't just some no-brainer hiring Chip Kelly for them. That's where I think if you wanted to take yeah, a step no, back. Yeah, no, that's and, true, but I, under, but I understood it. Like, I get it. I know this people people that I I just got two texts right now. It shows you everyone's. I bet the NFL's just locked in the bubble, guys. I'm getting texts that read from NFL people. Highway robbery hashtag well, fraud. I know. That's what I'm saying. I think like it's <laughs> it is one of the biggest stories just in football. Yeah, highway robbery. That's on a big four person group text I'm on after the Ravel tweet got included into it. Highway robbery. Whatever you think about him, it is a pretty just wild story, right? Just yeah. on a surface, like Clay Helton failing. Like that's pretty normal college football, right? If Wilcox is solid, like these, most of the Pac-12, you know, storylines are just pretty obvious or pretty consistent or pretty normal. This one is probably their biggest curveball because of the hype. Because like. If you went, well, how's Herm been at ASU? Well, he's killing and recruiting. Well, yeah, I, I, that makes sense, right? You're telling me Herm Edwards crushing? Yeah, and he, beat, and he had a big, last year he beat Michigan State early on. He's just, it's going really well. Yeah. It, it couldn't have gone much better, right, so far for him. It's going really well. Yeah, I'm Team Herm, not Team Chip. Of course. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.